0: We'll We are your podcast 2020 award nominated ladies of Scarlet. Whoop! That's right. We are nominated for an award that we didn't know we were nominated for.
1: Mm. Well, so lovely. If
0: uh, <laughs> I know. Well, it's. I mean, I'm excited. So, um, I'm just gonna get this out there, and we're gonna chill and promote. Uh, check out podcastawards.com slash app slash nominations and register to vote for your favorite society and culture and people's choice awards. Scarlet TCP that's it I don't know how this happened <laughs> But hey, I'm gonna take
1: it. Well, I have to say, you know, not to waste too much time on us, but you know, it is about us. Uh, it is it's totally. Yeah, about us. Uh, totally. I, you know, this week I also realized um, uh, somehow or another that we were on the in the top 200 of the chartable true crime podcast uh, of all of them. So you know, it's funny what we stumble
0: across, but not you know, just top ha- 200. Like uh, we were like 112 or something. So yeah. almost top 100. And
1: apparently, we used you to know, be 97 know we're in the top 100.
0: 100 what's up we used to be 97 and we're 97 in israel who knew we were so popular in israel (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how so hey israel fans thanks for listening yeah i uh have to say i've gotten a lot of
1: really nice comments um yesterday was my birthday so i was uh celebrating and of course um you know living out loud on facebook and I had a lot of lovely people tell me happy birthday and that they love our podcast. And I would have to say, I mean, there's I don't know why they would tell me if they didn't. Um, most of the people <laughs> who are who are part of our Facebook uh, group for, you know, Scarlet TCP, most of them I don't know personally, but I feel like they know us. So I thought it was really yeah. nice for them to comment like that. And, um, you know, we really do appreciate everyone's support. So we uh, we love our fans. We would really like to hear from you guys more often. Now, I do realize that we haven't been really clear about where you should find us and how you should email us and how you would actually make comments to us. Um, but that will be coming soon. We're going to be releasing a lot of that information on our Instagram page and our Facebook page and Twitter. Um, we're going to start acting with more precision uh, when it comes to our website and communication with our fans.
0: That's a term I hear you use all the time.
1: I know. It's because I, I mean, I don't know. I find comfort in that. Hence my spreadsheet for my decisions. Precision. Notes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you made a spreadsheet for your notes today okay
1: i i have a spreadsheet for my notes every week i have like a whole for structure i have a format that i you know every single case i approach in a very specific way and it kind of gives me helps
0: me stay on track and keeps my thoughts you know going no, in the right direction and that's great that uh that does speak a little bit to the differences in our approaches i prefer to keep my notes kind of sporadic and random and just fly off the the seat of my pants and just go for it but I um I appreciate your dedication to organization
1: (laughs) well I'm not saying that my notes are really fantastic don't don't get me wrong what they are is just a series of um phrases and things that trigger my memory of all the research that I did actually so um what is our top three today Brittany this was your suggestion I'm super excited to talk about this
0: uh, so, I just kind of came up with it. I don't I don't even remember how I came up with it, but I um, was in a car for like six hours yesterday and it came to me. Uh, so, our top three today is top three true crime novels that have been adapted into movies. Actually, it's really about the movies. So, it's top three movies based on true crime novels. That's a better way to say it. That's more accurate.
1: Got it. Well... As I said, I'm not sure if I stuck true to those uh, those rules. <laughs> I didn't really either. I just chose movies that true about true crimes that I really liked. I'm not sure if they started as a, a book, but they likely did. Um, but there were so many to choose from. And when I kind of did this Google search, I'm like, God, I don't even remember any off the top of my head, but there are a lot and there are a lot that are fantastic. So let's go through our top three. And then I have some other suggestions for some of our listeners just to take a look at some, some of older, you know, from the seven late seventies and early eighties that are really good that most people don't realize, you know, are, are around. So I'm going to, sure. I have, a, I have a list going. So, uh, since this is your top three, we're going to let you start with your number three or whatever, you're going to 3AB, however we're doing it this time.
0: uh, uh, You know how we do it. Uh, It's going to be 3A, because I started reading about this, and I was so fascinated, uh, only to find out it wasn't really based off of a true crime, but it's an allegory of a true crime. Oh, And that are the mini shorts, The Adventures of Pinocchio, of course, adapted into the 1941 Disney classic Pinocchio. Oh, Jesus. So, what? I know. <laughs> I told you I had a little bit of a surprise for you. So, it's not actually based off of a true crime, but it was written in. Italy about in the the 1800s about the like mid-1800 uh Italian separatist movement and it was an allegory to kids that are kind of recruited to be in the opposition and they're they're like granted tremendous like freedom and amazing things uh, and they are really secluded until they kind of become numb and just follow and become slaves to the establishment and the movement. So that was transitioned into Pinocchio as, of course, our hero, who in this original story isn't really a hero. Uh, when Pinocchio goes to the like island of misfit kids or Toyland Island, I think it was called like Misfit Toyland or something like that. And it's where these kids are, like, partying all the time. Do you not remember this part of the movie?
1: No, I don't. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, what? So, but what? I mean, there's an Isle of Misfits and like, the old yeah. Re- Rudolph Rudolph thing, too. He, like, is that? That's well, my yeah, jam, that's, by the way. Like, any Isle of Misfits is right up my alley.
0: Isle of Misfit toys. I, I'm probably saying that wrong. Or but people. In the movie... And in, the, uh, yeah, and in the stories, it's kids, and the kids are allowed to party and drink and do whatever they want, and just like Pinocchio, whenever he lies, he grows, his nose grows, well, the kids slowly start turning into donkeys, and once they're turned into donkeys, they're sold off as slaves. This sounds like the so, Isle of Dr. Moreau. Like, well, oh, wow, it's crazy. I remember, I remember being like disturbed and not really understanding it, but disturbed by that in Pinocchio because he starts to turn into a donkey, but he's rescued before he goes full donkey. So I don't remember I, this freaking. Maybe I never saw Pinocchio. You gotta watch Pinocchio. It's it has some really disturbing movies. Watch it on Disney Plus. <laughs> uh, okay. But, um, yeah. a, I might watch it on. Di- I might watch it again on Disney Plus. Not a kid. Oh. Well, I haven't watched it since I was a kid. It, it always disturbed me. Uh, and he does some really horrible things to Jiminy Cricket or the equivalent of Jiminy Cricket in the original story. Uh, but so that was a long version of my 3A. And it's my 3A because it's not really based on a true story, but it's an allegory of things that happen. Uh, and I was just totally fascinated that Pinocchio just wasn't some fairy tale. It was based kind of loosely on how people perceive things. That was my 3A. Do you want to jump in or do you want me to go to my number three?
1: I think you should go to your, um, I think you should go to your 3A.
0: That was your 3A? That should be your 3AB. That was my, okay, three, okay, so that was my 3B. So I'll go to my 3A then. Okay, awesome. So, uh, all right. So, uh, my 3A and my 2 were really just toss-ups and they don't really matter, Um, But they're movies that I watched, one was in high school, one was in college, and they're total like film student pretentious old classic movies, but they're still really good movies. (laughs) So uh, my number three that I watched in college, I think is like a history of film class or something like that, which we watched a lot of great movies, uh, is Double Indemnity by Billy Wilder. Oh. Starring Fred McMurray, Barbara Sandwick, and Edward G. Robinson. The movie and, well, story, it's a short story, uh, it was a novella, is based on a true crime of a woman who hires a insurance adjuster to murder her husband after she takes out a life insurance claim on him. And Double indemnity is a term that's used that when someone files a life insurance claim, there's a weird extra clause or extra policy that you can take out that doubles the payout if someone dies by accidental death. So this woman works with this insurance guy. At first, she comes to him and uh, he quickly picks up on what her plan is. And he's like, no, you're trying to murder your husband. But then she decides to cut this guy in on it. So he sells her the policy. He kills her husband, stages it as an accident by like throwing him on a train and he's found dead on a train. Um, And like he falls off the train or something like that. So it's thought that he was killed by falling off a train and then in so that part is like pretty accurate then in the movie i don't know how accurate this is to the true story then uh our favorite edward g robinson who's just awesome i don't (laughs) think it's enough credit i agree with you (laughs) i think he's uh... awesome too he was
1: amazing in uh, soylent green that's my favorite edward g robinson movie that was his oh he's amazing in everything well, that was such a cool movie. Not just digress, but that was such a cool movie because, you know, that was the last movie he ever made, Twilight Green. And yeah. in the movie, yeah. he like sets up his dad, which is pretty interesting. I mean, he oh. chooses the color ha- of the lighting. I still lighting haven't seen and- that movie. Oh, my God. Sorry. I blew it. Well, I know. Sorry. Okay. I know you,
0: t- you kind of did, but I, uh, I really uh, want to okay. see it. But uh, so anyway, it's crazy.
1: It's crazy and good and very Charlton Heston, like, you know, 70s, 60s, yeah. 70s. I don't know what it was. I think it was 70s.
0: But uh, so he is like this insurance investigator who is who was hired to investigate phony claims and uncovers the plot. And it's fantastic. And it was nominated for seven Oscars. Uh, It is from 1944. But it is from my favorite movie genre of film noir. And uh, I love pretty much everything Billy Wilder does. Sunset Boulevard is one of his movies. And that's on my top three movies of all time. Check it out. I would recommend it. And if you can find the the novella of the same name, Double Indemnity, read that also. Nice. All right.
1: Well, like I said, I didn't really focus on the adaptation from a book piece of it as much as just the films. So, but I'm sure, like I said, most of, uh, I can't imagine how any of these didn't start with a book. So I will start my list. Of course, I have a 3A and a 3B.
0: Um, (laughs) Ah, yes.
1: I know, and I'm not going to spend too much time on on all of them, but Three B is, of course, um, one of my favorite movies, not just about true crime, but just in general because I think it's so well done. And um, you know, of course, it hits home for me because it's based on uh, a large part of it's based on Florida and it's monster. Um, You know, and that's the whole story of Eileen Warnos and how good call. What it is is really just the start of her her sort of her murder, you know, uh, rampage. You know, yeah. and I won't go too much into detail, but, um, you know, it, there's a catalyst and it's, you know, Charlie's Theron is just so amazing. And Christina Ricci's in it and they, you know, it, it really, uh, you have, sim- I mean, it's hard to have sympathy for Eileen Warnos because she likes to portray herself as this really mean, nasty um, person, you know, which is, of course, a def- defensive mechanism. Or defense mechanism. she. Uh, but, you know, in this movie, she falls in love with someone. She She's a person who lives on the streets, right? So she doesn't have many connections. She's done a lot of drugs. She does drugs. She prostitutes for money because she's living on the streets. Florida is famous for its transient community. We'll just call it that. Um, because it's hot there. So you can sleep outside... Every single day of the year, which makes it a little more lucrative than some place where it might snow, right? And um, mm-hmm. just the other shenanigans and all the other—I think there's something to do with the heat in Florida. It makes people a little bananas, but um, you know, it, it really just documents her her challenges. And then, of course, um, I think the catalyst for her spree is, uh, of course, one of her johns rapes her and she gets angry, and she is able to defend herself, and she kills him, and, you know, I think this, this was probably the only moment in Eileen Wuornos' life where she had a feeling of control, and, um, you know, I don't think she searched out people to murder them, but she did take the opportunity when the opportunity was there, and most of the time, it was with um, her Johns after she killed made this initial kill, and um, some of her murders were very unfortunate. Some of them were, you know, her again defending herself against them. But um, you know, really sad. But a great, great movie. I mean, I, I just can't say enough about it. So if you guys haven't seen it, and Charlize Theron, by the way, anybody who thinks she's not a talented actress should watch that movie because she is. I think she won an Oscar. She doesn't. She totally look did. Like yeah. She's so good. No, so, so she's, good. she's really fantastic. Yeah. So that's my three B. Um, my three A is Foxcatcher, And, Oh, I, I thought about
0: including that one. Yeah. I, have you seen it? Yes. If you, and the documentary
1: both. Oh my God. Like what the f-
0: yeah, and, yeah. I mean, it's
1: so great. So, It's a movie. I think uh, Steve Carell plays the lead. Um, He plays Uh the billionaire John DuPont. Of course, if you have a name like DuPont, you know you're from a millionaire family. And um, he somehow had this idea that he wanted to be... I guess he had a training camp, a wrestling training camp, and he wanted to lead the U.S. team to the 1988 uh, Seoul Olympic Games. And so that sort of happens and along the way it just gets so weird with his um struggles and then of course there's murder involved but it's really sad and um kind of surprising i mean i mean i i i kind of have to say well you know that's what being rich will get you because you can pretty much buy anything and it's not like he didn't i mean he I think he took his own life, didn't he, Brittany? I think that's what happened. Yeah, I think that's what happened. So I would highly recommend both the documentary and the movie Foxcatcher. That's my Those third, are that's good choices. Yeah, good. you know, Foxcatcher, I really liked Yeah, I, yeah. I,
0: like I wasn't, I didn't know it would disturb me more than I thought it would. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Okay, so. Um, My number two, I actually kind of wish I would have made my number three. So my number two is a movie I watched, I think, in a sociology class in high school called The Maltese Falcon. You know this movie? I do. That's Humphrey
1: Bogart, right? uh
0: Yeah. I don't know what it is. It is. It's Humphrey Bogart. And it's, um, I got to be honest, I don't remember too much. I remember it was really good. I should probably watch this again. Also, I should watch all of these again. To be honest, uh, so essentially, he is a detective who is approached by someone to like to like look out for him and like hired for a case or something. And the next day, that guy ends up killed, and oh. there is like a a message left that he needs to recover a black figure of a bird or and the person who finds it will be uh will get $5,000. So it becomes like a back and forth and uh fi- like turns out this Maltese Falcon has like this huge history and like has cultural significance and the award gets up to $25,000 and um not going to give away the ending but it's loosely based off of a uh, a detective from the pinkerton detective agency and sonia do you remember where we have read about the pinkerton detective agency before i don't remember but
1: i actually had an old enamel sign that was that had the pinkerton Detective
0: detective agency on it where no tell me where if I remember right, it was the Pinkerton Detective Agency that caught H.H. H. Holmes. Oh, I think you're right. I think yeah, you're right. I think, I think so. They're like a team of private investigators. Uh, Literally, like they're a private organization that operates kind of like underground as P.I.s. And they don't work with the government, but they find and turn these people in. So uh, this guy, Sam Hammett, worked for this detective agency and made up this story loosely based on his real life Uh, and just a side note Humphrey Bogart's character is named Sam Spade and I think that's like the most brilliant like 1930s 40s stereotypical PI name this is private detective Sam Spade I think that's I I always I think that's hilarious I think
1: isn't that character based on Sam Spade characters based on uh Oh maybe he's it's based not. maybe he,
0: that's Mickey Spillane. I don't know who that is, but no Sam Spade's based on this guy, Sam Hammett. But he I shouldn't say that. He is oh, he has no like direct connection, but I mean, I'm pretty sure the guy actually, I shouldn't say his name isn't Sam Hammett. It's Dashiell Hammett, which is also a great name. My yeah. My goodness. It's kind of awesome. So this movie, directed by Dashiell. John Huston, who is also phenomenal, also in the film noir j- genre. Love him. And uh, written the book of the same name, the Maltese Falcon, written by Dashiell Hammett.
1: Wow. Well, that's it's a great Dashiell name. Hammett. Uh, Dashiell Hammett. Dashiell Hammett. Is the character or is the writer of
0: the... No, he's, he's the... Is the writer of the screenplay. He's the, he's the author of the book. He's the author yeah, of the so book. so wrote Got the it. book, Got like, kind of loosely based on his own experiences.
1: Interesting. I like that. Okay, I'll go back and revisit the Maltese Falcon. Falcon, blah. I heard that... Um, I know a lot of people really like that movie, and of course, it's hard not to like John Houston, so... And I think his daughter's awesome, uh, too.
0: Side note, he also wrote The Thin Man, which I never saw, but... Uh, was a uh also another movie from that era. Um I don't remember who made that movie, but it's another film noir that I find interesting that he's responsible for these. True stories based on a private private detective agency. I underground stories probably make for the best. Oh oh yeah, I bet. You know, um what's also interesting about
1: um John Houston is that he was in Chinatown. Oh, yes. Which is sort of based on some true crime. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, that segues, you know, into the uh, Roman Polanski world, whose wife was killed by Charles Manson. And that was... Oh, Sharon Tate.
0: Thank you. I was about to say this. The Sharon, the Sharon Tate murders. There you go.
1: Not the only one. Well, let me rephrase that a little. We know that Charles Manson didn't actually, by his hand, murder anyone, but he certainly instigated murders. So, uh, yeah. For he, mo-
0: uh, I, I find that really interesting. For more details, go back and listen to our Charles Manson episode.
1: That's right. Um, I feel like we... I'm going to do a follow-up to that episode. I, I don't know. I just feel like I have more to say about it. Okay. Um, all right. We'll go right. parpy. So, yeah, for sure. Um, revisiting. Um, I, You know, and I will say, not to get off that subject too quickly, but I thought about Helter Skelter as one of my movies, but it's not the best movie, but it's a really good book. So, I would say, take you know, take a look at that. Um, all right. So, my number 2 may throw you off a little bit and it's a newer movie. Um I don't remember when it was made, probably mid 2000s and it's called Alpha Dog. Oh, yeah. And okay. That's a it's a horrible sad situation. Um yeah, northern I think it's southern California, like yeah, probably Simi it Valley is. or something. Those guys look like Simi Valley. Um but it's a drug dealer, Johnny True Love, who has a friend who um, apparently works for him as well as some sort of druggy kind of situation. And his name is Jake. And he fails to pay uh, Johnny True Love. These are real names, by the way. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jake Mazursky fails to pay Johnny. And so they kidnap uh, Jake's 15-year-old son, or son, sorry, 15-year-old brother. And they hold him hostage. And it's so freaking sad um, it's got, you know, the movie's great. It's Justin Timberlake and that other dude who was in in that movie Into um, the Wild who I can't remember.
0: Emile um, Hirsch.
1: But, and then, yeah, he's great. And then Anton Yelchin. Yep, that's um, right. Who is also someone we've talked about in one of our episodes because he was killed in a tragic accident in his driveway. His Jeep rolled forward and pinned him into a column and he just died right there, on surveillance camera um but but that's who plays Anton oh my god um but Anton Yelchin plays the 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 the, um oh my god the brother (laughs) 15 years old now this kid you know in the movie and I think this is probably fairly accurate um the kids in he knows that he's you know sort of loosely kidnapped you know and he knows his brother owes this guy money, and the the Johnny True Love character keeps telling him, "Oh, don't worry, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you." Well, if you know anything about the crime, they do hurt him, and it's really sad because you know he trusted them; they lied it got weird and they took him out into like the desert or in the mountains or whatever's out there in Simi Valley. And, um, they did kill him not to blow for any, but they killed him and he was begging for his life. And it was just really, really tragic and, um, senseless for some stupid money when it comes out. I mean, I don't even think it was that much money, but it was really an excellent movie. So I would, I would suggest that. Um, and I'm sure there was a book based on that, but and I think the Johnny True Love character, I mean, these people went to jail, so I'm pretty sure he's still in jail. Um, I'm going to look that up while you're telling me you're number one. Um, number, two, number one. You're on number, you're one. number one, I'm on right? number
0: one. Yep. Okay. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. All right, so my number one is by who Um, I think is The king of the modern day thriller noir genre that I love so much. Um, I'm even going to go as far as say he uh, could be compared to a Billy Wilder in his take on thrillers. And that is Mr. David Fincher and his movie Zodiac. Oh, I thought about that one, but I didn't really like that movie. I really liked that movie. So, uh, Zodiac I right Free my mind. is a uh is a topic that we should probably cover at some point. Uh the Zodiac Killer was in the uh from the 1970s 60s 70s i think uh and in northern california just like a whole bunch of other crap that happened in northern california in the 60s and 70s and really all of california it was a messed up time for crime and serial killers and this guy essentially taunted the police with all sorts of like decoded notes and letters and he like sent them puzzles uh and he always signed it the zodiac and everything had to do with like signs of the zodiac i thought it was a really good movie i know it's not fincher's most common or most popular movie um it's from 2007 but i think it's amazing and i would absolutely recommend it the best part about it which is also the worst part about it is that no one is ever caught there is no killer there's a lot of suspects there's even one lead suspect but they never find him and in your real life he's in theory could still be out there he was never caught which is fascinating and horrifying
1: it is horrifying
0: you know i have a
1: question about the zodiac killer um, and I don't. I didn't read much about it. Maybe I don't know why I wasn't that
0: interested. I.
1: But did he ever leave any DNA that hasn't been tested? Is Is there anything? Ooh, that's a good a, question. I don't.
0: Of, I don't know. That's a really good question. I mean, I can't imagine he didn't at some point. I don't that's, know. I don't know the yeah. uh, the depth at which
1: you know. I mean, semen is obviously the easiest one, but you know, epithelials and things like that you could
0: also leave behind. Yeah. No. Yeah. He absolutely because that's why I'm sure at some point he probably did. But I. Whew. I don't know. Uh, and by the way, that book, uh, Zodiac, there's also another one, Zodiac Unmasked. Both are by Robert Graysmith. Oh, nice. All righty. So back, to, sorry,
1: one side note about Alpha Dog. The <laughs> Johnny True Love character is his real name. The kid who was killed. I just want to make sure to get that right because that that was terrible Uh, his name is Nicholas Markovitz, and it was in 2000 and the movie came out in 2006 and um, it did really well I think it won at uh, Sundance and a couple of other awards directed by Nick Cassavetes so one of our favorite crime guys um, and a little bit bananas if you when it comes to directors (laughs) that's true Um, his name's in a couple songs and I think he's well known for being sort of all over the place I like him
0: his dad was a really big deal too John,
1: yes, maybe it's John I'm thinking of. Who was in the Hangover Two? Do you
0: remember? That was Nick or John? Oh, that was Nick. John Cassavetes, I think, was a. Oh no, he was an actor too. He was an John Cassavetes was an actor. On our oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. you're right. All right, are you ready for my number one? Let's hear it.
1: My number one, no bearing to a book. I'm not sure if there's a book out there in the world, but there should be. um, Is Munich?
0: Um, I love that movie. All right. Yeah.
1: From a movie perspective, as well as, um, you know, (laughs) I mean, it's a political crime. It's a, you know, I mean, people were definitely murdered. But the movie um, is really takes a fascinating approach to what happened, which was essentially, um, you know, the, the, the the it's it's known as the Munich the Munich massacre and uh and it's an essentially munich is an account of the israelized government secret retaliation against the palestine liberation organization after the munich massacre at the 1972 summer olympics so what happened was i think the palestinians blew up I mean, I think they either. I think they, they took it hostage, or they yeah, blew it up a helicopter. Right no, with well, the entire team on the, it.
0: The the Palestinians um, actually took like they stormed the Olympic Village and the housing where the uh, where the Jewish the Israeli competitors were staying and took them hostage. And I think they they killed them. I'm pretty sure by shooting them. I don't remember a helicopter, but maybe there's a helicopter involved.
1: Yeah, I thought, well, in the movie, there's a helicopter involved, but you're right. I think they did kill some of them because they went into the, um, you're right, they stormed the the housing where they were staying, which is so sad. I mean, in an event like that, I mean, and there was a lot of press around that. I mean, it was a big deal at the time. Obviously, everybody freaked out and the Olympics sort of proceeded in a really weird way. So, uh, you know, it's definitely worth a watch. It's a Steven Spielberg movie. So, of course, it won, you know, accolades and awards. It was co written by Tony Kushner and Eric Roth. So, fantastic writing team, right? And, um, oh, it is based on a 1984 book, Vengeance, by George Jonas. You got lucky. And, um, I know, I know, my number one made sense. It had to have been based on a book because it was such a huge political thing. I mean, yeah. imagine today what would happen if... Some Olympic team ran in and, you know, took, you know, people by storm and, and then shot them. And then I think the helicopter did blow up as well, if I'm not mistaken. Nope, they, no, but I don't think the even the, um, I don't think the Palestinians survived, right? I think they died too, didn't they? Or some of them did. It wasn't good. Re- the I whole thing remember. was bad. The
0: whole thing was terrible. Yeah. It was but terrible. The, it's, oh, uh, I mean, the Munich Games are most famously known for it, which is awful.
1: Yeah, really terrifying. Um, and it's, of course, got a great cast. And I love the sort of interwoven story of how they retaliated against them. And one by one, they essentially took them out, which was yep. fantastic. So, um, and, but, you know, I think it was Eric Bana who's that's right, lovely. And the woman who played his wife is awesome as well. But just the tension and the pressure that they built in this movie, I thought, was really a great job. So kudos to Steven Spielberg. Um, and check out Munich. That's a
0: good choice. I kind of thought about that one also. Um, But that's yeah, that's really good. So, uh, well, there are our top three. Um, I am going to do one more. That's not really top three. It's not really part of it at all because it's it's not true at all. But uh, I was actually thinking about Murder on the Orient Express just because I think and and that's about the uh, Detective Perot and it's w- one in a series. I don't know what the other ones are, but I think it's a really cool and fascinating story. There's two versions of the movie. I don't think either one are fantastic, but I think it's a really unique story. It's kind of like a, a very serious version of the movie Clue. And I was hoping that that was kind of sort of based on the true story, but it wasn't. So I didn't count it.
1: Didn't they just redo that movie recently with
0: Johnny Depp? Murder on the Orient yeah, Express? Yeah, a couple years ago. Yes. And did you see that? Yeah, it's all right. It's beautiful. Yeah. It looks amazing. I like the story. Hmm. The execution I think could use some work. Interesting.
1: So, do you have any um, side suggestions that you would like to recommend to our audience?
0: Uh, well, I mean, I could give suggestions all day, but I mean, I think I, I think I gave a few, you know, pretty good suggestions. Check out all their Fincher movies that are not necessarily based on true crime. I mean, you can look at the social network, which I love. I know you don't like, but you could argue that there was a crime there, not the type of violent crime that we use. It's not the type of violent crime that we usually talk about, but you could say that there's a crime there. Um, There's, I just, I just love his work.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, for sure. What else
0: you got? Um, All right. I, well, I have a couple
1: of sideways suggestions. So, of course, because I love Truman Capote, I would suggest everybody watch Cold, uh, In Cold Blood. And Robert Blake does a fantastic job. And it's a nonfiction. It was based on a nonfiction book written by Truman Capote. Um, it's really good. It's black and white. And, um, you know, man, Truman Capote can tell a story like nobody's business. So I would definitely suggest that. Catch me if you can. If you guys haven't oh, seen that, great. by all means do that because that's a great great true crime Um, it's not just really one crime it's just a a lifetime of crimes for this guy Um, I love casino that is based on an actual true crime as well as Dog Day Afternoon I would also check out uh, Thin Blue Line and then um, oh what's that Michael Rooker movie called? Even Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, you know, that's based on some, some you know, true crime as well. I mean, e- yeah. A Michael if you, Rooker movie. I mean, I kind of thought um, about Psycho.
0: Oh, I can't remember what it is. I almost put Psycho on my list, but I don't think there's a book based off of that.
1: Yeah, I like Psycho. Thin Blue Line, there's definitely a book.
0: Psycho is based off of a real book. It's based off of a book by Robert Block. Oh, I, well, that's going to be my uh, 1A. I wish I would have included that. That movie still scares me to this day. Michael Rooker
1: plays uh, Henry Lee Lucas and in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. It's I don't a great know that movie. You guys movie. should check it out. Sorry, it took me so long to figure that out, but... It's great. I don't even like Michael Rooker. I think he's kind of a dick. I worked (laughs) with him before, and I wanted to punch him in the nose. (laughs) Oh, all right. But, uh, yeah, but that's okay. Most actors I feel that way about. And um, some of you guys love him. So, I mean, I know he's in, like, you know, whatever, Guardians of the Galaxy and blah, blah. Um, But, yeah, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. That's his account, or an account, anyway, of Henry Lee Lucas. And, um, you know, Henry Lee Lucas, if you guys don't remember, uh, took credit for killing Adam Walsh. And I don't know if anybody ever really said yeah or no on that. I mean, he took credit for killing a lot of people, like hundreds of people he confessed. So, and I think they figured out that most of them he didn't. But there was something realistic about the way, uh, about the Adam Walsh murders. And so I I think that they kind of came around to that. But check that out as well. Michael Rooker, um, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. It was uh, produced and uh, released in 1986.
0: All right. All good choices definitely would recommend you guys checking them out. I'm even going to check Alrighty. out a few of these. I don't and know all of them.
1: I know I was kind of telling uh, g- telling them uh, to you more than anyone I'm gonna <laughs> Yeah, I wanna talk about them right? sometimes. Especially cuz we're going to definitely be doing Henry Lee Lucas um at some point, but you know, th- he was just such a bullshitter. I don't even know how much I mean, we could talk about it all day, but I don't know the reality of any of it. So, yeah, who knows? Right. right. But um I enjoyed
0: this top three, Brittany. Thank you for suggesting it. You're welcome. It was a fun one. Most of these are fun, though. Um, All right. Well, thank you for listening, Scarletters. We hope everyone is out there staying well, staying safe. Keep coming back every Monday for new episodes. I think you're going to find that we're changing some things up a little bit, but we're excited to be back and recording on a regular basis. Would love so much your vote in the podcast awards uh we are so honored and surprised by that like super surprised Um, but love to have you guys listening and your patronage all righty thanks carlettos keep killing it Now check out a couple other podcasters that uh, support us and we want to give them some support. Hey, fellow Scarlet True
1: Crime listeners. I'm Cece, the host of a new true crime podcast, Sooner State True Crime. As a born and bred Okie, I'll cover cases based in my wonderful home state of Oklahoma. The term Sooner actually refers to cheaters in the land run.
0: My state's very first true crime. New episodes are released twice a month in Apple Podcasts and most podcast apps. Or visit our website, anchor.fm slash crimestate to listen now. So come away with me to my crime state on the Sooner State True Crime Podcast. And please stay Sooner safe out there, y'all. Hi, everyone. I'm Ariel Cooksey, host of Malice. When violent acts occur, we tend to think the predators are monsters. Surely no human could do such things. But if we're honest, only humans commit malicious crime. And if you're like me, you want to know why. To find out, join me at Malice wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye. Hey y'all, I'm Brandon Hall. I'm one of the hosts of Music City 911, a podcast about the good, the bad, and the dark side of 911 dispatching. Me and my co-host are 911 dispatchers with over 60 years of experience. Join us as we play 911 calls and discuss them. Oh, did I mention that we get dark? 911, what's your emergency? I just shot everybody right now. You just shot everybody? How many people did you shoot? Five, uh, three. Four, shot, fire, officer, down, shot, fire, up. There's some shots. 453, I have a party shot here to rescue Hosh. We got multiple casualties. This is a mass casualty situation here. My brother's attacking
1: my family. They just shot my husband, and they shot my daughter, and they shot me. Stop it! They he's in the with her. Stop
0: death, Stop it! What? What? Yes, Goldie. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Music City 901 and we're downloadable on every podcast platform. We want to give a shout-out to the Pod All the Time Podcast Network that we, Scarlet TCP, are proud members of. Other
1: members of the Pod All the Time Podcast Network are Creative Intuitive, Another Digital Citizen, History of a Haunting, Round and Round the Podcast, Real A.K.A. Truth Podcast, Ruck Up Podcast, Random Unnamed Podcast, Suburban Folk, Three P's in a Podcast, Raw Sex Podcast, I Think We're Doing It Podcast.
0: So if you like what you're hearing from Scarlet TCP, check out these other shows, The members of the Pod All the Time Podcast Network.